Happy Friday, everyone. I hope everyone's week has been filled with positive juju. This is another episode of Grab It Bizarre Sex News, where I will be answering more letters from my subscribers and fans. So let's get started. Before we do, gentle reminder, if you are not 18 or older, you should not be listening to this without your parents' consent. Let's go. Our first letter is from a male from Michigan. He writes, Dear Jessica, my son is 16 years old. We have never had the sex talk. I have noticed that he watches a lot of adult movies. Am I too late to discuss sex with him? All right, all right, all right. I'm going to say you are not too late. It is never too late to have the sex talk. Um, And actually, on my Bizarre News episode before this one, I actually did a story about um, when is the right time to talk to your kids about sex? What's the right age? Because I think people, when you're an adult, you look at things different. We're kind of jaded. Kids are not that way. Kids are very curious creatures. So they want to know about their anatomy. They want to know the difference between boys and girls. Just curiosity. It's not what you think. But him being 16 means that those hormones have kicked in overdrive and he is wanting to know about sex. He wants to see it. He wants to be a part of it. So what do we do with that? All right. So you're noticing he's watching a lot of adult movies. So dad, you are an adult. He is not. So whatever he is watching, whether it's yours, whether it's online, he does not have consent to watch it. And the number one thing that we need to teach our kids about is about consent, about being respectful and about consent. He does not have consent to watch any adult movies. He does not have consent by you as a parent and by his age he is a minor and it is illegal so you can always scare him with that and then you always want to make sure that he understands that there are boundaries with sex and maybe you just need to do what I had to do with one of my nieces I had to sit down and just say so what do you know about sex and I let her tell me everything she knew and you're going to be very shocked to find that kids talk about it Do they talk about it the correct way? No. Most people don't know where the baby is coming from. Most people don't know what's coming out of the penis. You know what I mean? It's a very (laughs) bizarre conversation. And when I say that, I mean that they really don't know. And it is your job as his father, as the role model that he will fashion himself after. It's your job to do the work. And unfortunately, the work is son- I know we did not have that talk about sex, but now's the time we need to talk about sex. And if he says, well, dad, I got it. I'm straight. Nah, you not straight. Why am I not straight? Because if you were straight, you would know you shouldn't be watching porn on your phone because that's not how I raised you. You're 16. You're not grown. You don't have consent for any of that. And I'm not giving you consent for that. You also need to let them know that porn is not real. We get paid to fake it. Those positions that you see us doing 
and they may be the greatest positions you've ever seen us do. Honey, we get paid for that. It's fake. And usually when you see the pop shop, he's in another room (laughs) with a close-up and a towel. You know what I mean? It's orchestrated. It's fake. Porn is entertainment. It will not teach you how to be a better lover. It will not teach you how to pleasure a woman. All it will do is entertain you. And unfortunately, as a 16-year-old, the only entertainment that he should be getting is playing video games and finding out what he wants to do with his life because he only has two more years and then he's a grown man out in the world. So this conversation about sex, it needs to be an ongoing conversation. And it it just doesn't need to be about the inner workings of sex. It needs to be about relationships based upon that. It needs to be about respect. Because once you lay the foundation of respect down, once you start laying that down, then they know how they're supposed to approach that subject. And it seems like maybe we haven't had that conversation. But dad, it's never too late. This is a conversation that you need to have at least twice a week. You need to be talking to him about that. Hey, did you hear about kids in Sweden? They are very sexual conscious, but their birth control rate, you know, is is high because they realize you know sex is not a game whatever you need to do to you know keep that conversation open do it and you'll find out that not only is it teaching him about sex it's teaching you about sex because there's some sex trends that you don't know about until you start googling and honey when you google you'll be like oh my gosh that that's a sex trend and that's a sex why is this a sex trend and you will have more ammunition also if you are from an older background where sex was not something we talked about and you've got to remove that shame removing that shame removing that stigma it also helps your child to be able to say no when he is put in sexually uncomfortable or sexually um, sexual situations that are dangerous that's why we have to remove the shame and stigma behind it because what if he is in a sexually dangerous situation but because dad don't like to talk about sex I can't really voice how I really feel about this situation you got me so that's why we have to have that conversation about sex we answer the questions any questions and then we even go above and beyond we tell them about our sexual experiences no you don't need to go in detail and be like oh yeah old girl from 85 no but you do need to tell them you know my first sexual experience I didn't know what I was doing it was awkward I didn't like it as you age your sex experiences become xyz pdq but for the most part Generally speaking, your conversation with your child about sex will always lie between the words about consent and about relationships. Consent, relationships. Those are the two things that you need to build upon and then you can go to sex. Because once you see that he has a strong foundation with relationships, he understands the concepts, he understands the dynamics of that he will be able to handle that better he'll be sexually responsible because that's what we always want we want to raise sexually responsible kids we don't want to keep raising people who are just out there willy-nilly and then you know think about the sex talk you had was it a good sex talk was it a bad sex talk did you even have a sex talk so now it's your turn do the talk the way that you would have wanted your parents to do the talk and then keep expounding on that because again the talk is a continual 
conversation. It shouldn't be, oh, I talked to him a year ago about it. Nope, because so many sex trends happen in a year, right? So you want to continuously talk to him. If that means that's every Saturday, make it a day where y'all go out and have lunch and how's your life doing? How are your relationships with your friends? So that way you guys can build that rapport and he can also build that trust with you and you guys can have those conversations because kids need role models in their lives and the strongest role model is whoever they relate to. So if it's your son, he's going to relate to dad. If it's your daughter, he's going to relate to mom. So everybody needs to be open, honest, and okay with talking about sex because I guarantee you this, you're the only one that's tripping about it. He's not tripping about that talk. He probably wants you to have the talk. So you're going to have to do it. I want to thank you so much for giving me this letter. And I hope it works out. Our second letter is from a female in California. She writes, Dear Jessica, I come from a poor background. My boyfriend is from a very wealthy family. Whenever we go out anywhere, he pays for everything. Jessica, I feel so bad. Am I wrong for feeling like I am not good enough for him? Well, thank you for writing me the letter, female in California. I think you should not feel bad. I think you are wrong for feeling like you are not good enough for him. I think we're in a society where we base everything on monetary gain. And if you have not noticed, the person in the White House based everything on monetary gain and look what is happening to him. He surrounded himself with people who only did it for monetary gain. And the majority of those people are indicted and having their names flung everywhere. So, Let's not think about the monetary gain. Because I think what people forget about monetary gain, it can be gone. That's one thing that can go very quick. Money comes and goes. But a person with a good heart, a person with a great personality, a person who can alleviate a rough mood, a person who has positive energy, honey, that's priceless. And that could be something that he sees in you, is that you are a priceless gem and he enjoys having you around I for one get it I get it I'm from I don't want to say a poor background but if you know you're dating someone who makes a million dollars and your family was only making like sixty thousand dollars it makes you feel some type of way but always remember again that this isn't why you guys are together he did not get with you because you're poor he didn't get with you so he could control you and be like yeah I'm the one running that money he probably got with you because his soul recognized his counterpoint in yours because that's what love is love sees it doesn't see monetary value so I think right now you're just feeling a little insecure and I'm sure when you hang out with his rich friends it makes you feel even more insecure but I would tell you right now he is with you And you don't need to worry about that. And I want to make sure that you take it a step further. If he is a great guy, and it sounds like he is, I would sit down with him and I would let him know that I feel some type of way about that situation. And of course, he's a great guy. So he's going to say, well, babe, I want to pay for everything. And you can say, I know you want to pay for everything, but it just makes me feel like, and you say it. 
And sometimes you saying it, it just clears the air in the instance. You felt like that? I'm sorry that you feel like that. Is there anything I can do to make you feel better? Of course, there's not anything he can do. It's not his fault he was born into money. And it's not your fault that you weren't. So if anything, this should bring you guys together. Him even, once you bring it up and he acknowledges that, that should be the key to let you know that this is a keeper. Because if anything, this person is going to reassure you that regardless of money, he still loves you. And I think that's the number one thing. There are so many people who started out broke together and they stuck it out and they loved each other truly, genuinely, deeply, madly. And they ended up being very financially successful and very financially stable. You have some people who are born with everything, everything, and they're miserable And they end up broke, desolate, angry, mean. So you always have to remember, darling, money isn't everything. Having a good heart, having a good head on your shoulders, and identifying that you are enough. You're enough. That is the best gift that you can give your man. So thank you so much for this letter, and I hope I answered your question. Our third letter is from a male in Georgia. He writes, Dear Jessica, I've been cheating on my girlfriend for the past two years. Last month, it caught me up. I ended up giving her two STDs. Oh my God. She doesn't know. What should I do? I'm scared this could end our relationship and my life. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's going to end, honey. One way or another. All right, thank you for writing me the letter mail in Georgia. You've been cheating on your girlfriend for the past two years. So why do you have a girlfriend? All right. Last month, it caught up with you. You ended up giving her two STDs. So why do you have a girlfriend and why are you having unprotected sex with people who aren't your girlfriend? I'm going to ask you that question. Then what should you do? Well, I think at this point, there is nothing but the truth. Sit. You're going to have to tell her straight up, I gave you an STD, these are the STDs, and I need you to go get checked for those STDs. And then you're going to, once you say that, she's going to say, what STDs? You tell her those STDs, then she's going to say, so you were cheating on me? Don't do what most men do when they get caught. I've noticed when most men get caught in a lie, it doesn't matter. You could say, hey, did you eat that last donut? What last donut? Uh, there was a donut, but I don't know if it was your donut. I didn't even know donuts existed. Yeah, don't do that. Don't go into this man spiral of denial, even though you just admitted it. Because that's the whole thing. You gave this woman an STD. She knows the STD didn't come from her, came from you. So don't play any mind games with her. Be honest, be open, and don't backtrack. Don't come back with it. Just tell her the whole truth. You will be surprised what you will get when you are just flat out honest with a woman. Women commend men who are honest, no matter how bad it is. We still like, damn, he told me the truth, girl. Girl, he love you. I'm just being real. So if anything, you need to let her know for the last two years, not just this incident where you got caught, but babe, for the last two years, I've been cheating on you pretty heavy and this shit caught up with me. I've been having unprotected sex and I got an STD and I, or a couple STDs and I gave them to you. 
Now, the way that you deliver this will depend on the way that she comes back. If you do this in a, respe- a respectful manner, and I know you're going to say, Jessica, how is it a respectful manner? I already burned the lady. Yes, you did. But if you come with a humble heart, if you truly mean what you're saying to her, because this is the thing. I, from this letter, I don't think you truly care about her or anybody else. I truly believe that you are searching for something within yourself and you're not able to find it. What a lot of people don't understand is when you're having sex with multiple people and it's unprotected, that can be a form of self-degradation and it can also be a form of um, emotional degradation. Yeah, yeah. So you need to look into that because you're throwing people into something that they have no idea what's going on. And then I want to, I want to be very clear. STDs is very easy to get. So the whole point is you were sleeping with so many people. You don't know who it is. CDC tells you once you get an STD, whatever STD that is, you have to contact every single partner that you have had within the last six months to a year. Can you remember that? Can you remember how many partners you cheated on the last two years with your girl? Oh, yeah. So this is bigger than, oh, I got to tell her. This is about you getting your shit together, man. Because you got to get your shit together. You are having unprotected sex with multiple women that I am very sure you don't know from Adam. Because if you did, then old girl would have said, hey, babe, I'm burning right. I'm burning right now. If you still want to hit it, put a rubber on it. She didn't. So they let me know everybody backhanding and not really paying attention and I think if the respectful thing to do is after you tell this woman and you're humble about it to let her go let her live her life whatever that may be but it's going to be without you in it because this unfortunately is considered malicious vicious and it can be considered criminal And yeah, I'm hitting you with that criminal. There have been cases of men who knew they had an STD and they willingly gave it with the knowledge. I have, I know I got it. I'm going to have sex with my partner and give it to her. And guess what? Those men ended up being arrested and charged with a felony. So this isn't a game. This isn't funny. This isn't, oh, yeah, burn my girl. Yeah, because I'm a cheating nigga. You know me. Get it in. Get it in. No, darling. This is serious. This is so serious that you need to contact your girlfriend as soon as you hear me give you this response. And you need to be super real with it. And if you don't feel like you can do that, then maybe let her listen to this recording. But at the end of the day, you have got to really look at your life and the choices that you're making. Why do you feel the need? to keep degrading yourself emotionally, physically, and sexually by doing this. Because this is kind of a form of self-mutilation. You're mutilating your genitals and you're mutilating everyone else's genitals for pleasure. Is this pleasure? Because it doesn't sound like it. You have a girlfriend and you're not satisfied. So really, I want you to focus on the root of this. I want you to be very honest with her. Spill the beans all the beans not just the top beans that fell out the jar all the beans and then after you do that you need to do some soul searching you need to do some because to me when you know you have this kind of disease you need to be transparent open honest because 
what you keep forgetting is for a man an std yes held out you guys will be all right but for a woman when she has an std it can cause birth complications so if she wants to have kids one day it could cause her not to have kids it can also cause um problems with her cycle it can cause cysts it can cause cancers so this isn't just a joke this is a this is someone's reproductive health this is someone's future that you're playing with so please be honest be open and I'm so sorry if this was not what you wanted to hear I'm sure you wanted me to be playful with this but I don't think STDs are playful I just don't I think our number one thing that we've got to do is we've got to be more open more honest about our sex and sexuality so we can get ahead of these STDs because not only do we have chlamydia we got something called super chlamydia which is harder to get rid of we also have something called super gonorrhea which apparently is bigger than gonorrhea which I'm shocked about that I I picture it in like a big like superman outfit I know that's me and then we also have um syphilis syphilis was a disease that has been gone for like 70 years and it's back syphilis can cause insanity and blindness so I'm saying all of this and I know you like damn Jessica I get it but I really want you to get it you need to wrap up and you need to be tested regularly. And it, does, it just doesn't go for you. It goes for everybody. All right. So thank you so much for the letter. And I guess let me know how this goes. Our last letter is from a female in Ohio. She writes, Dear Jessica, I decided to explore the BDSM lifestyle. For the past nine months, I have been in a BDSM dom subcontract. I am the sub. It gets really aggressive and I do not like it anymore, but he loves it. I do not want him to be mad at me and I do not want to lose him. So what should I do? Okay, lady in Ohio, I think... You and your dom need to revisit your contract. You did not tell me the specifics of your contract, but I will say that um, that's kind of the, you know, lifestyle of the BDSM. And I'm not saying all of them beat the hell out of you, but as a sub, the whole point is to um, heighten the senses so that when you orgasm, it's, you know, amazing. And it's also to increase your intimacy to a point where um, it's almost tantric. Um, Tantric sex is is similar to BDSM, except you just hit certain pressure points and we build upon your chakras and your energy. BDSM is more about manipulating sensations. So spanking you, choking you, those kind of things for a prolonged period of time or just for short periods of time can heighten your sexual senses and intensify your orgasms. So that is basically what happens. Usually with a sub and a dom, there's a contract and that contract usually has rules. Like a dom puts those rules, you know, like you're only allowed to wear skirts um, with no panties or you're only only allowed to wear certain, you know, no, no shorts or, you know, 
then you know um you must always be able to and they give you all these you know stipulations each dom is going to be different no i'm not going to talk about 50 shades of gray because that was not real and we all know that was bullshit <laughs> that was so bullshit oh she's like oh give me your last punishment and get the hell beat out of her girl you was dumb for that but i digress so usually when that contract is done um you sign off on it and of course it's not a contract that can hold up in court it's just a contract that we have all agreed upon and then we do that relationship at the end usually um you can break that contract and usually in that contract there are certain safe words that need to be used so i believe as a sub you may need to revisit the contract if the contract does not benefit you then you need to speak with your dom because I think the whole thing is a lot of people like to play dom and sub but what they don't understand is the sub is actually the master in disguise okay you are submitting to this person to give them their pleasure and you and you alone can do it because you're the sub he doesn't want anybody else you're his sub So remember that you hold the power in this situation. He's too aggressive. So that means you need to be hitting those safe words up all the time. If he is not listening to your safe words, then this means that he is not a dom, that he is actually an abuser and you need to run because any dominant who violates the contract or the rules of that contract that's set in place, that is not a real dominant because dominance and subs live for rules because rules can be broken and once they're broken they can be punished right so your number one thing as a sub I don't want you to think that you don't have a voice because that's not a very good dominant either a dominant always listens to his sub to make sure that his sub is protected and loved and and emotionally met with the needs that he is able to provide him or her so I think you guys may need to go back, and I and I don't want to sound like a bitch, but y'all may need to go back to Dom and Little School. There are tons of little cute blogs that talk about this even in an even better dynamic, but it's okay to get out of this dominant relationship, and maybe you find another Dom that suits you more. I know that there's a website called alt.com that offers... Um, the BDSM lifestyle and it's a great way for you to meet like-minded individuals but for me personally if your dom is not adhering to the contract and he is not listening to you as his sub he is not technically a real dom and he would be shunned in the BDSM community so you really want to make sure that um, his level of, of experience as a dom is up there. If his level of experience as a dom is not, then you may need to let him know, like, I really like you, but I need you to work more on your dominant. I, you know, I want this out of you. And as a sub, don't ever be afraid to speak your mind. I know you're playing a role that you're the submissive. You're only spoken when spoken to all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a role. It's not who you really are. So outside of that role, you need to make sure that you are safe. And when you do play the role, you are playing safe. Because there are people who have accidentally killed people 
playing the BDSM lifestyle because their dominant did not listen to their safe word or their dominant did not, you know, do what a dominant is supposed to do, which is to look out for his sub so that you guys can continue to have fun, kinky BDSM sub play. Thank you so much for this letter. I hope I answered your question and let me know how it turns out. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and rocking with Team Grab It. Remember, be good or be good at it. Until next time, bye.